Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to Talks with Tatiana. On today's last episode of my Black History Month series, I will be discussing the lack of representation and evolution of Black people in media and entertainment. I will also be discussing the life and legacy of the late actress Cicely Tyson, who made history for Black people in the entertainment industry. I've always been interested in possibly using what I learned in my broadcast journalism major to pursue something in the acting field. And I've just always been a fan of acting. Like I took theater in middle school and in high school, um, and I just really loved it. I enjoyed doing like monologues and stuff. It was very therapeutic just being able to be a different person in whatever you were acting in. And I've always just been interested in like the different ways actors execute their roles. Like every time I see somebody acting, I'm like, oh, wow, like that's a unique way of doing it. Or I wonder how they started crying on the spot. Like what were they thinking about that caused them to cry? How many times did they rehearse this scene? Like I always think so deeply about things like that. And just the behind the scenes of how filming and editing takes place for movies and TV shows. I've always, always been interested in that. And just even listening to music is an essential part of my everyday life like i just love entertainment and media related stuff which is what made me want to conclude my black history month series talking about this important topic of the lack of representation and the evolution of black people in media and entertainment and also when cicely tyson when she died i wanted to dedicate an episode to her because she was such an inspiration in the black community especially when it came to acting but then that idea made me actually think about doing an entire episode on black people in entertainment and dedicating a portion of this episode to her just like i did in my last episode discussing madam cj walker and the evolution of black hair so I'll just like kind of jump into Black people in media and entertainment, and then I'll talk about the life and legacy of Cicely Tyson later on in the episode. So as most people know, um, Black people are not always portrayed in the best light in the entertainment industry. We're often times stereotyped, like all the time. Um, and there are so many Black films and shows where there's a single parent household or drugs being sold, um, Black men being in gangs and violence and shooting and slavery. It's just always so much negative stuff. And there are a few, there are like a few good gems that portray us in a good light. But a lot of the time, the movies and shows and even books that portray Black people, um, it's always really just in a negative light and the ones that are in a good light it's usually made by someone who is black because they've had the real life black experiences and know that there can be more to being black than just the negative stereotypes and so according to some of the research I've done, it shows that from the years of 1955 to 1986, only about 6% of characters were Black on main TV shows, but 89% were white. 
However, according to a 2018 report from the Department of Social Sciences at UCLA, their research shows that even though Black people make up less than 13% of the U.S. population, Black people were being represented more in the media. And in the years of 2015 to 2016, about 17% of Black people were being broadcasted on scripted shows. Um, I mean, to me, that still seems like only a small percentage, um, especially in comparison to the amount of white people that are represented on TV. But that was a significant increase from where it used to be. And Black people haven't just been underrepresented in movies and TV shows, but have y'all ever noticed those like luxury commercials, like showing Mercedes and BMWs and stuff? You will rarely, if ever see a black person in the commercial driving it and so that just shows subliminal stereotyping because it makes it seem like black people can't afford luxuries like it's just not diverse that in every luxury commercial you will rarely if ever see a black person it's just i think the diversity needs to happen in commercials as well and i know it seems small but if we want to have representation, it has to start from even the little things that we may not notice as much, such as commercials. And so um, I even remember growing up, a lot of the scripted shows I watched on like Nickelodeon or Disney, they didn't really have many black people in it. And if it did, the black people were always like the side characters and they made them seem unintelligent. Um, or like they just made them seem really like the ditzy type of friend. Um, and so that was usually always the case with these shows. And I think the Disney show That's So Raven, that definitely was one of the starts in breaking that barrier on kids shows because Raven Simone was a black woman and was the lead character. And that show was and still is a huge success. And I remember even recently, like news came out about black women on white shows or movies not getting their hair done in a nice way because there wasn't anyone on set that was able to do black hair even though you would think that if you have black cast members they'd at least put an effort in their budget to hire a black hairstylist and even animated shows it took the longest time for black representation to happen there like when doc mcstuffin came out or when Princess Tiana came out, because before things like that, little black girls had no one like them to look up to, which can really distort a child's mind at a young age. Growing up when there was a lack of representation, I thought that white people were the only ones that could do certain things because that's all I saw. And I'm sure there were and still are black girls feeling the same way. So that's why representation and the right representation is so important and I emphasize right because a lot of the times where there is black representation it is in a negative light or misrepresented and just think about it now the media and entertainment also includes things like magazines and that has been a major problem recently as well so that kind of just goes back to what I said it's even the little things like catalogs ads commercials um, like with the Macy's um, department store catalog ad for the holidays when they showed white people being happy and family-like, but then they had a single black mom with her children. 
or even in the store like H&M's, their catalog, when they had the young black boy wearing a sweatshirt that said coolest monkey in the jungle. Um, so it's just like those things like that with the subliminal stereotyping that has to change because that's a part of the lack of representation that's happening. And now even like one of the most recent things that I've been seeing and that other people have been calling out as well in magazines is um, I've seen magazines trying to have black people on the cover and as features in their magazines, which is a start in representation, like having us on the covers and features and stuff. But then they end up making the person that they're showcasing look awful because they don't have the proper lighting or black photographers to properly showcase black skin tones so it often it's making them look really whitewashed or drained looking and none of those things are okay because i feel like for one the skin tone thing when it comes to properly um, photographing black people i feel like they need to have the same treatment as when a white person is on the cover or when a white person features on it because at the end of the day, um, if you want to have representation, you want to make sure that they look well as well. Like you don't have to Photoshop a lot, but at least have the right lighting or take the steps in hiring people that are um, specialized in working with all types of skin tones, no matter if it's darker or lighter. Um, so it really has to start with the simple things like that. Um, and so like I was saying, like none of these things are okay because there's so much black excellence that's being degraded when things like this are done. Black women and men get stereotyped in different ways. I know like men are usually portrayed fatherless and living in poverty, um, being involved with gun violence, being drug dealers. Like those are the main things that are displayed about black men in media and entertainment, which is such a small lens to look through when there is a good percentage of black men that are actually doing something positive with their life or turning their rough upbringing into something positive. And as far as the representation of black women, I know that they've been stereotyped in many ways in the entertainment industry as well. And um, I was researching and I saw that a sociology researcher named Sue Joel from Ohio State University, she actually broke down that stereotype um, of black women perfectly. And so she talked about how there are three main stereotypical roles of black women um, that are played in media and entertainment roles. And so these roles are ma the Mammy, the Sapphire and the Jezebel. So she described the mammy stereotype as one that was created during slavery times, and it showed what was seen as acceptable um, and not acceptable for these slave women to do. And it actually translated in a maternal figure type of way. And so this role was played a lot all the way up until the mid 1900s, and then it started shifting in the 1980s. Uh, and so just like how black women slaves had to breastfeed their master's child and be the maid, that was the mammy stereotype because it was seen that that was all black women were good for. And the Aunt Jemima um, mammy stereotype was a really popular example of it, um, which is why her pancake mix became controversial and um, it eventually got removed, even though it took several, several decades for that to happen. 
And even on my Who Wednesday post that I made on my social media accounts, I talked about the black women, the black woman actress, um, Hattie McDaniel, and how black people wanted to put a stop to her playing the stereotypical mammy role because they knew the detrimental effects and outlook that had on the black community. And so then the next stereotype Sue Joel described was the sapphire woman, which is more commonly known as the angry black woman stereotype. And so this showcased black women um, as being mean and crazy, hostile, degrading to black men by insulting them and assaulting them like physically as well, and even towards other women and just overall being insecure, leading to just so much anger. That was the stereotype. And so this stereotype stemmed and was popular from the 1940s and 1950s and was created by the Amos and Andy radio show. And even though it was popular in the 1940s and 1950s, I still believe there are definitely a lot of shows and movies that very much so still uses that stereotype. And not even just in entertainment, but in general, like people think that if a black woman is angry, if a black woman is defending herself or anything of that nature, like automatically the angry black woman stereotype. Um, and then the last stereotype that she mentioned was the Jezebel. And so this was kind of seen as the opposite of the mammy slave that was a maternal figure and a maid. But instead, the Jezebel was a character and stereotype made to show a black woman slave being sexual and wanting to have a sexual relationship with her their slave masters and so this character was made to justify rape of black slave women and also tried to make these women be a part of the european beauty standards which basically was being a white woman and even in modeling um, or what was considered beauty standards, Black women were stereotyped and often the ones with lighter skin and silky hair were chosen over darker women or women with natural hair. And so I think the Jezebel stereotype can be considered used today still but instead it's in a more broad sense so not in a way where they are sexual towards a white slave master but black women are being stereotyped as sexual in general such as like in music videos because that's a part of media and entertainment too so compared to a lot of white women you barely see a black woman in a romantic music video because they're often being sexualized as video vixens which I definitely think can stem back to the Jezebel stereotype and even the term Jezebel in general means a woman that is sexual and controlling but I do think that a lot of black women have evolved from that stereotype as there is a lot of black women in the music industry now that are trying to take their power back and even though I will admit, like, I am obsessed with reality shows, those type of shows um, stereotype Black women too. And even men, like, even Black men as well, shows like Love and Hip Hop and The Real Housewives, like, um, though, like, one of my guilty pleasure shows, um, it's a reality show called Floor Bama Shore. And basically, it's when these eight roommates, they live together for the whole summer and party and, like, stuff like that. It's very similar to Jersey Shore, and it's maybe similar to the real world, too. Um, but, um, not, like, for those of y'all that don't know, like, the real world reality show, not, like, the actual real world. But, yeah. Um, but anyways, that show is entertaining to me. But there's only two black people on the show 
one is a black man and his name is Kirk and the other one is a black woman named Candace and so the number of times they have edited Kirk to be a violent and angry black guy is just ridiculous but I feel like they more particularly come for Candace um they have made Candace out to be even worse. There was a point where I cringed watching it because they would seriously make Candace look like a bitter, angry black woman. And I could tell they were editing to take it out of context. And I just hated that so much because I would see white people commenting bad things about her. And I'm like, well, of course, <laughs> you know, leave it up to a white produced show to make the only two black people on the show look like a stereotype. And even on this show, which was kind of a spinoff to Jersey Shore, um, it was called Double Shot at Love, which was a dating show. And there was a black woman on there named Nikki, and they made her look absolutely psycho. And so she was always just seen yelling and they made her seem like she was obsessed with the guy that they were supposed to be fighting over. And there was just many scenes where the other women were ganging up against her um but by the time she was like by the next time she was on tv for like the next spinoff of that a lot of people were able to see that she was just misunderstood and edited really poorly and people saw that she wasn't as crazy as tv tried to make her seem and so overall i just hate every stereotype that is placed on black people both women and men in the entertainment industry um, because there are truly a lot of people out there that when they see that they automatically think that's how every black person acts in real life and these stereotypes and negative depictions of black people are a part of the very reason why racism still exists another negative de depiction of black people um and it's also just very racist was the use of blackface and so blackface is one of the top most offensive things done in media and entertainment towards black people in my opinion i definitely think it's way up there in the top of offensive things um and it's when a non-black person puts on dark makeup to play the role of a black person and oftentimes it was to play the racial stereotype role of a black person and it was just basically a huge mockery of black people in our culture the first shows that were performed using blackface were in the 1830s in New York by white performers and they would wear tore up raggedy looking clothing to mimic slaves on plantations. In these performances, they stereotype black people as lazy and ignorant and hypersexual and thieves and cowards and superstitious. And Thomas Dartmouth um, Rice created the first popular um popularly known blackface character Jim Crow in 1830 and so by 1845 the popularity of blackface had grown tremendously and even though blackface is nowhere near as common to this day white people have definitely still done it such as when dressing up for Halloween which I think is really just so dumb if you are a white person and you want to dress up as a famous black person i promise you that you are capable of doing that without painting yourself black for instance i remember for halloween one time one of the hosts of the talk show the real Jeannie mai she dressed up as the black rapper little kim and she was able to 
beautifully execute that look without painting herself black even though Jeannie Mai is Asian she still wanted to depict a black rapper and she was able to do that look and looked very much like the outfit that she tried to put together that was similar to hers and she did a really great job and she did it without having to paint herself black so it's definitely possible to honor a black person in your Halloween costume or whatever you're dressing up as and do it in a way that is appropriate and not offensive there's also something I want to share from the website psychology today where psychologist Jim Taylor stated Perception acts as a lens through which we view reality. Our perceptions influence how we focus on, process, remember, interpret, understand, synthesize, decide about, and act on reality. In doing so, our tendency is to assume that how we perceive reality is an accurate representation of what truly is of what reality truly is. And I think that's just very spot on. When non-Black people only see Black people portrayed in a certain way in the media and entertainment world, it gives them the perception that that's how all Black people act in real life. And that's not the case. And so this is why it's so important for Black people to be represented in a more positive light as well. If people of another race want to use Black talent for movies, books and shows they need to start learning and researching more black stories than just the singular lens of the stereotypical black stories because black people have so much more to offer than the negative things that are often portrayed to correctly depict black stories you have to include black actors black producers black directors that can guide the narrative the more we shift the narrative hopefully the less ignorant some people will be um there are legal changes that have happened because of the stereotyping of black people there have been a lot of initiatives to increase diversity sent to the u.s federal communications commission also known as the fcc and in 1969 the supreme court ruled that the implicated FCC regulations that were designed to increase viewpoint diversity were not in conflict with the First Amendment and the people as a whole retained their interest in free speech and the right to have diverse programming via the Constitution. And so in the 1960s, the release of a report by the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders, um, which is also known as the Kerner Commission, reported that the media did not effectively communicate to the majority of their decidedly white audience the sense of um, degrading misery and hopelessness of living in the ghetto. And so the commission also continued to report that unless the media became more sensitive to the portrayal of African-Americans specifically, the degrading stereotypical content would continue to be displayed. And in response to this commission, the FCC initiated a race neutral regulatory policy to increase the likelihood that black people would be employed with a broadcaster. And this included changing hiring practices of broadcasters to eliminate racial discrimination from the employee 
employment process. Um, but however, despite these rules, the FCC found that levels of representation did not even change that significantly. And so the FCC also created the Minority Ownership Task Force. And so the purpose of this group was to um, for them to research ways to include minorities in the broadcasting industry. And the FCC also mentioned that having a lot of minority representation in media and entertainment, it would help showcase Black stories and it would educate the majority as well. The Black community has came a long way in the media and entertainment industry, but I know we can go so much farther and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to amplify our voices and stories the right way. And so before I move on talking about the life and legacy of Cicely Tyson, I want to mention a list of Black women in Hollywood who made history. I'm going to be quoting directly from the blog The Shade Room because they created a great list and summary of the Black women in Hollywood who made history. And so now there are several Black men as well that impacted Hollywood and also um, this list is limited because there's so much black talent but obviously we would be here all day if i listed every single person and their accomplishments um and so before i get into the list the shade room provided i do want to mention a black male actor really quickly and that's jamie fox he recently won the 2021 golden globes award for best animated feature for his movie soul it's on Disney Plus and it um, depicted a black male's experience and it was a really good movie and it had a black lead and it definitely deserved this award. So now into the list of black women in Hollywood who made history um, from the Shade Rooms post. So they started out with the person who I had talked about in my Who Wednesday post recently, which is Hattie McDaniel. And so it says Hattie McDaniel was the first black woman to win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in her 1940 role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. Then there was Dorothy Dandridge. Was the, she was the first Black woman nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress for her starring role in the 1954 film Carmen Jones. She was also the first Black woman on the cover of Life magazine. Um, Ethel Waters was the first Black woman to be nominated for an Emmy. She was nominated for her guest appearance on an episode of the 1960s TV show Route 66. Diane, Diane Carroll was the first Black actress to star on her own TV series, Julia, in 1968. It was one of the first non-domestic roles for a Black actress and led her to win a Golden Globe in 1968 and receive an Emmy nomination in 1969. Josephine Baker was the first Black woman to star in a major Hollywood film, um, in 1934, she refused to perform for segregated audiences in America and despite being an in-demand performer. Eartha Kitt was the first Black woman to play the role of Catwoman in any of the film or TV um, adaptations of the Batman comic book franchise in the 1960s. As singer, she was recognized for her unique singing and speaking style along with her personality. And then they brought up Cicely Tyson, but I won't go into that because I'm about to talk about her life and legacy in just a few moments. 
Um, they have Felicia Rashad, who is best known for her iconic role on the legendary sitcom The Cosby Show, but she also made history. She was the first Black woman to win a Tony Award for Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Play for her role in the 2004 remake of A Raisin in the Sun on Broadway. Holly Berry had been a professional actress for over 10 years with hits in several classic films such as Boomerang. However, in 2002, she made history as the first Black woman to win an Academy Award for Best Actress for her performance in the drama film Monsters Ball. Whoopi Goldberg is a legendary actress and comedian beloved for her work in films like The Color Purple and Sister Act, but she also holds a legendary title that no one has yet to catch up to. She is the first and only Black woman to achieve EGOT status as she won an Emmy Award, a Grammy Award, an Oscar and a Tony Award. Viola Davis is widely considered as one of the greatest actresses of her generation, courtesy of her impressive resume of incredible roles in projects like Fences and How to Get Away with Murder. She also is the first Black woman to receive the Triple Crown of Acting due to winning an Academy Award, a Primetime Emmy Award, and two Tony Awards. Anika Noni Rose is a Broadway and film actress who hit the mainstream with her role in Dreamgirls. However, she made history in 2009 when she became the first Black woman to voice a Disney princess in The Princess and the Frog. Brandy was already an icon in the music and television industry due to her classic R&B debut album with hits such as I Wanna Be Down and Baby along with her starring role in Moesha. In 1997, she made history as the first Black woman to play Cinderella in the TV adaptation along Whitney Houston. Jack A. Harry is known for keeping audiences laughing with her iconic performances in classic sitcoms 227 and Sister Sister, but she also holds a legendary title. She is the first and only Black woman to win an Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a, in a Comedy Series for 227 in 1987. Ava DuVernay has brought the Black experience to both the big and small screen with her direct directorial films like Selma and When They See Us. In the process, she also made history as the first Black woman to be nominated for the Best Director at the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards. And lastly, they mentioned Ruth E. Carter. Um, and she is, they named her one of the most legendary people in Hollywood behind the scenes as a costume designer on such films as Malcolm X, What's Love Got to Do With It, and The Five Heartbeats. She made history when she became the first Black woman to receive an Academy Award for Best Costume Design for Black Panther in 2018. And so, like I said, this is like just a couple of people. There are so many more people that made history, but these are just some of the people that The Shade Room noted. So thank them for this wonderful list of people that they provided. And thank you, ladies, and also to the Black men that paved the way and broke barriers for the Black community to be represented in the right way in the media and entertainment industry. So now I want to get into talking about the life and legacy of the one and only Cicely Tyson because she was a major figure in Black entertainment, and her recent death was definitely felt deeply all throughout the Black community and even those outside of it. 
Cicely Tyson, she was born in New York City on December 19, 1924, and she was raised in Harlem, New York. And when she was 18 years old, she had a regular job, but then decided to leave it to pursue a modeling career. And even though she was into modeling, she began um, to become interested in acting, even though when she was a child, she wasn't allowed to go to plays, movies, or anything of that sort. She finally had got an acting job, but her mom wasn't supportive of it because she was very religious and believed that having an acting job was sinful and would lead to an even more sinful lifestyle, which led to her being kicked out of her house. However, after two years of not speaking, Cicely Tyson and her mom came back together and even though her mom didn't approve of her acting decisions, Cicely didn't let that stop her from being a successful actress and she did a variety of acting, everything from stage performances to movies to TV shows. She broke barriers such as in 1963 when she became the first black star in an on-TV drama series titled East Side, West Side and she played the role of the secretary um, Jane Foster in that. Then she was nominated for an Academy Award for 1972's Sounder and she played many memorable roles on TV such as Kunta Kinte's mother in the adaptation of Alex Haley's Roots. She was in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman which led her into receiving two two Emmy Awards in 1974. And in 1983, Cicely started doing Broadway and was the lead in The Corn is Green. And in 1994, she received her third Emmy and her supporting role as housemaid um, in CBS's miniseries television adaptation of The Oldest Living Confederate Widow Tells All. Cicely Tyson's career wasn't always ideal because she sometimes struggled finding gigs um, and she's refused to play any stereotypical black roles, which I'm really glad she stood her ground on that. And she also refused to get any job just for the paycheck. She cared less about the paycheck and more about making sure she chose to be a part of roles that best fit her. And I think that's really commendable and shows a lot about her character because most people just want the paycheck or want to be famous so they don't really care about what roles they play, but Cicely Tyson was different. She valued her self-respect before fame and money. She even stated in an interview from 1983, unless a piece really said something, I had no interest in it. I have got to know that I have served some purpose here. And so that inspires me because that's the same mindset that I feel like I have too. I want to feel like I served a genuine and impactful purpose and not just did something without pure intentions. Cicely Tyson was also in the movie The Help in 2011 as a maid and she won several awards for being a part of that cast and she was also a part of a lot of Tyler Perry movies. I remember her being in Medea's Family Reunion and she played that role so well. I remember even being amazed by how well she was acting at the age of 96 when she was in Tyler Perry's recent Netflix movie A Fall From Grace. That was so inspiring because there are not very many people in this world that can still flawlessly act at that age. And she even eventually returned back to Broadway playing a role in Horton Foote's The Trip to Bountiful. 
And she went to Texas just to understand her role better. And I've always admired actors that did that. The actors that would go the extra mile to figure out who their character was so they could properly execute it. Her performance in the show led to her winning the 2013 Tony Award for Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in a Play. And in 2017, Cicely Tyson played in Richard Linklater's film Last Flag Flying. Cicely Tyson won countless amount of awards and nominations for her acting, and she became a member of Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame in 1977. She was also honored by the Congress of Racial Equality and by the National Council of Negro Women. And in 2010, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People presented her with the 95th Spingarn Medal which is an award given to Black people who have reached outstanding levels of achievement. In 2015, she was nominated for an Emmy for her guest starring role on the show How to Get Away with Murder and was a recipient of the Kennedy Center Honors. The following year, she was honored with the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama. She was married to a man named Mal Davis for seven years in the 1980s and she had no children. She was also very involved in community outreach. She co-founded the Dance Theater of Harlem after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. And when um, a school board in East Orange, New Jersey, um, they had wanted to name a performing arts school after her. And she only agreed to accept the honor if she could participate in school activities. And in addition to attending the school activities and the meetings and the events, she also um, even taught a master class at the school. Sadly, um, Cicely Tyson, she passed away recently this year on January 28th. And the cause of her death was never stated, but her family um, said that she died peacefully. And I also had watched her recent interview with Gail King before she passed away, and she was just so graceful. She always, um, she's always been graceful. She always has been. And I remember when Gail asked her, when your time comes, what do you want people to know about you? And Cicely Tyson responded with, I want people to know that I tried my best. And I think everyone knew that she did more than her best. She is truly such a legend and icon. Just her willingness and ability to still be able to act even when she got to the fragile age of 96, that alone shows how amazing she was. In that interview, Gail King also asked her something along the lines of, are you afraid to die? And she responded with, I can't be afraid of something I don't know or haven't experienced. And that really like that resonated with me because I talked about way back in episode five, which was my minority mental health episode, that there was a point in my life when I went through a whole depression about death. But hearing that put death into perspective and really makes you think because, I mean, you can't really, I guess, fear what you don't know. Um, so thank you, Cicely Tyson, for working hard and gracefully all the way into your last days and for paving the way and setting the tone for many Black people in today's entertainment industry. Before I end this segment, I just wanted to name Biography.com, FastCompany.com, the National Museum of African American History and Culture website, the 2018 UCLA Social Sciences Hollywood Report, 
quotes from the Kerner Commission Report on Civil Disorders and the Statement of Policy on Minority Ownership of Broadcasting Facilities for being the sources I used to help provide some of the information I discussed in this episode about the history of Black people in the media and entertainment industry and Cicely Tyson's life and legacy. Black people have endured a lot in the media and entertainment industry, but with amazing people like Cicely Tyson, who was just one out of several examples. They helped pave the way for Black people. We've come a long way, and now there are shows being directed, produced, and acted by Black people. Because of the people who paved the way, we are able to have sitcoms like Blackish, which shows the life of a wealthy Black family, but also includes Black history and all of their storylines. So please remember to not count yourself out. Even when the odds seem against you, the road to success is never easy. You may struggle more than others, but if you get anything out of this episode, one of my key takeaways is anything is possible. Find your goal and create a vision and keep walking the path until that vision comes to life. No matter the circumstances, there is a way to make it. Now into the Let's Discuss segment. For this final Black History Month Let's Discuss segment, I will dedicate it to the hidden figure, Maria P. Williams. She was the first Black woman to produce, write, and act in her movie in 1923 titled The Flames of Wrath. Because of her, she helped pave the way for other Black women directors um, and producers like Oprah and Ava DuVernay. And like I mentioned earlier, it's so important to have Black people in director and producer positions so they can properly showcase Black stories and not be stereotypical or offensive. She was also a teacher in Kansas City and she was an activist. She discussed in more detail about her leadership skills in a book she wrote in 1916 titled My Work and Public Sentiment. So thank you, Maria P. Williams, for breaking the barriers in the entertainment industry for Black people. My source on this information about Maria P. Williams is from the Oprah Magazine website. And now into the heart to heart segment. The Motivation Monday quote of the week was, when adversity strikes, don't forget who you are. Reply with good and respond with growth. This quote is from Scotty Lewis, who is a basketball player here at my school, the University of Florida. Um, And I wanted to include a quote by him because I wanted to showcase the next generation of Black talent. But I also thought this would fit perfectly with this episode, especially being that Scotty Lewis is a basketball player. That alone creates a stereotype. Being a basketball player at the college level and being a Black male, people automatically create this stereotype that they're not educated, which isn't the case for all athletes. So for him to be able to create this quote, that breaks a part of that stereotype because it shows that, I mean, obviously he is educated and intellectual. So now more about the quote. I love this quote because it has so many layers to it. Um, to me, it means that adversity is always sure to come. 
And some people's adversity looks different from others, but we all experience it. It's about the way you handle adversity that will make a difference in whatever situation you're facing. You can't forget who you are. Even though it can be easy to fall into a place where you feel like there's no way out, don't lose yourself. Just like with Cicely Tyson, she was faced with adversity because her mom didn't believe in her acting career and she didn't support her at first and she kicked her out of their home. And Cicely Tyson grew up during a time where Black people were being stereotyped, especially in the entertainment industry. But instead of letting this adversity bring her down, she used it as motivation and as a way to be a game changer in the industry. She started out like the average everyday person like you and me, dealing with many adversities, and now she has become a legend. And so it just shows that there is light at the end of whatever you are struggling with. Just as the rest of the quote says, you just have to reply with good and respond with growth because adversity, even though it's hard to understand and accept sometimes, it should always leave room for growth. You should never get out of a bad situation and still have the same mindset because that means you didn't learn anything and therefore you didn't grow. So use your adversity as your stepping stones to evolve to the best version of you. Everyone has their best version of themselves, but you have to be willing to keep listening and keep learning to find out how to get there. And so as this episode shows, it hasn't always been a walk in the park for everyone. But if you truly desire to do something, if you are really passionate, go for it. It is not impossible. And just you taking that leap of faith to attempt to accomplish your goals is major and could be the very thing that changes your life and or creates history. So do not count yourself out, even if everyone else around you does. That's all for today's episode of Talks with Tatiana. I hope this Black History Month series was educational and inspiring, and thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tatiana underscore, on Facebook at Talks with Tatiana, and on Twitter at Talk with Tatiana without the S after talk. Turn on your post notifications and please leave ratings, reviews, and share with your friends. Until next time, remember, stay open, stay kind, and keep fighting the good fight.